Hey, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 77 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Today's episode is brought to you by Mixmax. With Mixmax, you know exactly who opened your email and when. Schedule meetings in one email with the Google Calendar integration. Templates and sequences mean you can create the perfect email with one click. Other features include built-in automatic reminders and integrations with leading CRM providers. To save time and get more out of Gmail, head on over to Mixmax.com. It's also brought to you by Tech Blog Builder, the blog writing service for IT businesses. We craft content that converts website visitors into customers with 100% unique, SEO-ready, professionally written blog posts delivered on a consistent schedule. Learn more at techblogbuilder.com. Today on the show, we have James Riley, who runs an MSP out of Tucson, Arizona. James is going to talk to us about how he's been able to grow his business for over a decade by not following traditional marketing methods. Paco and I also give James some advice to help him get through a roadblock he has with getting his foot in the door with new prospects. Plus, I'll talk about what I'm doing to improve my pricing and processes for my services, and we'll show you how you can win a free copy of my book, how to quit your job and start a computer business. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click on the following tab, and see, select C first so that the live stream will jump to the top of the feed. And uh, today we uh, have a cool show. We uh, ha- Our guest today is um, an honest-to-goodness, real-life IT business owner who runs an MSP uh, out of Tucson, Arizona. And today he is going to talk to us about you know the ins and outs of, of running his business and, and what kind of marketing is working for him. Uh, what, what, you know, what isn't working so well that he wants to, to get better at. And, uh, and we'll just kind of chat around, you know, um, uh, the ins and outs of him running his business. We'll also, uh, you know, just, just chat about marketing in general and see, see, uh, see what his thoughts are on some of the, uh, the things that we've talked about on the show before. Um, so definitely stick around for that. Uh, in the meantime, though, just wanted to, uh, it, Mention a couple things. First of all, uh, I will be heading out of the country um, next week. So the show for next week and the week after will be a repeat. Um, if you listen to this in your podcast feed, if not, then um, there won't be any live shows. So you'll have to wait until what is the date? December something. December 6th will be the next live show. So, uh, you know, I, I know it's it's tough. But you'll find something to do on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Just don't find something that's too exciting because you're going to have to tune back in in a couple weeks. Um, secondly, just you know, want to catch you up on some things I'm working on. So stuff other than the big projects I'm working on, um, something I want to do by the end of the year is um, get the uh, get some of my products into some pricing tiers. Um, so you know, we've talked about pricing on the show before and how. Uh, if you package your services into different price tiers, uh, you know, like a, a small, medium, and large, uh, whatever that might happen to be, you know, uh, basic, pro, expert, or, you know, silver, gold, platinum, or whatever the, the levels are, for whatever service it could be, um, that helps you to, to anchor some of the different pricing that you have and make, uh, you know, the, the, the bundle offerings you have look more appealing because they're, they're side by side with some other different uh, price points. Um, and that way you can kind of offer something for everybody, have your pricing upfront. So I'm, I'm going to be working on that both for tech blog builder and tech site builder. Also um, in, in the going in hand in hand with that is once you start offering all these different pricing tiers, that means you're going to have different levels of service delivery, different types of services you're going to be de- delivering depending on what tier that they're on. Um, so that will is going to require me to kind of revisit my processes. Uh, right now, I have uh, myself and um, and my assistant Madison on a pretty pretty good um, 
we're going pretty good with with what we have now but it's it's because of practice right and it's because every client is the same whether they come on a tech site builder or a tech blog builder the type of service we're giving them is exactly the same for everybody now that we're going to have you know basically three tiers on each platform that's going to be six different types of service delivery that we're going to be doing so we're going to need to make sure that those are well documented that those processes are, are streamlined and that we kind of uh, take into account lots of different scenarios. So I'm going to be rolling out one of those uh, price tiers in the next couple of weeks. And then uh, I'm going to work on kind of honing the process around that. Um, and that's something that, you know, I found in the past, um, I, I, there's some work you can do upfront, but a lot of the work as far as preparing a process and perfecting a process and really getting it streamlined happens after you actually start delivering the service. Because that's when you can start to find the hiccups, the bumps in the roads that you never would have found if you uh, were just kind of brainstorming this stuff on your own. You really have to have live customers going through the experience to to really tweak it. So I'm, I'm going to put together a process in Process Street, which is a website that I've talked about before. And uh, then we're going to track how... Um, the process is going in Trello, which I use to, to it's basically my project management app. Um, and then we'll automate some connections and stuff like that through, uh, through Zapier. So those are kind of my, that's my trifecta of process automation, process street, Trello and Zapier. And I'm going to kind of put together an initial process for these, these services. And then, but really the work's going to be done in December when I've, People are starting to use these services, especially since one is going to be tied to a Black Friday deal, hint, hint, um, then, uh, you know, that's going to, hopefully a lot of people are going to jump on board to that. And that's going to force, force Madison and I to really, you know, tinker with the process and, and get it working well. So December is going to be a busy month because of that, but I'm hoping to have all of that figured out by, uh, by the beginning of the year. So then uh, come January, I can focus on marketing those new service tiers. Uh, another thing I want to mention really quick is that, uh, you know, we're still looking for reviews for the podcast. I know there's, there's hundreds of you, sometimes even thousands of you that listen to these episodes every single time we release them. Uh, and, you know, I know you either like it or you hate it <laughs> or, or, you know, you have some opinion about it. So we'd love for you to uh, leave a review in iTunes or uh, preferably iTunes if you can, but if you're not an Apple person or you don't use iTunes, then uh, Stitcher or Google uh, Podcasts, wherever the podcast is found. Um, and in order to uh, kind of incentivize you or encourage you to do that, we will be giving away a copy of um, the book that I wrote uh, called How to Quit Your Job and Start a Computer Business. So this is a great book, whether you're just starting your business or you've been running your business for a while, it's got some great reminders about, you know, uh, how to how to get things set up and really make sure all your ducks in a row is far, are in a row as far as getting your business going and uh, and things you got to consider um, resources you can use and then there's a lot of guest uh, contributors that contributed to the book um, that uh, gave their kind of their take on on how to run a business and their experience um, so it, it's there's a lot of great stuff in there and it's available on Amazon. Um, for, uh, I forget what it is, like uh, 19 bucks or something like that. But we'll give it a copy away for free if you leave a review uh, for the podcast and then send an email to uh, mail at techsitebuilder.com and, and let us know that you left the review. Because sometimes it's hard to tell who leaves a review because uh, you know it's using your username or whatever. So just leave the review, send an email to mail at techsitebuilder.com uh, let me know that you wrote a review on iTunes or wherever, and uh, I'll check it out. And uh, then I will send you a free copy of the book. So, hey, just a, a little bit of a, an extra incentive to leave a review. But really, you know, we just love to hear from you. We love to 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 get your feedback about the the podcast and and hear what you think. So, um, definitely uh, would love for you guys to do that. All right. Uh, well, let's move it on to see what uh, my co-host, Paco LeBron, has been up to. How you been, Paco? Been good. Been good. As far as uh, those reviews, not sure I didn't catch it if you did or not. I think the easiest way for us to prove that you can prove that you left the review, send us a screenshot that you uh, wrote the review. So if you get a chance to screenshot that you left the review, 
then that will allow us to track it easier to find you. And once we find it, then you go. Um, as far as for me, just business as usual. Uh, things have been uh, coming in. Holidays are uh, upon us. So trying to book out what I can uh, to finish out the year. And then basically just let everybody know they got to wait till the new year. And that's kind of what's been uh, rolling on for us. So nothing really real uh, important to report, but just uh, business as usual. Yeah, this is kind of a slow-ish period for me sometimes right around Thanksgiving. Um, then I might get a couple you know, couple spikes in, in the middle of December sometime with people trying to get things uh, done at the last minute before the end of the year. But things start to kind of slow down this time of year. Um, and again, you know, like I mentioned with processes and stuff, it's a great time to to if, if things are slow to to circle back around on on your processes and your documentation and just your business, um, the way you run your business, business ops, I guess your operations and, you know, make sure everything's running smoothly uh, or it could always run smoother. Try to automate things um, and uh, and come up with a marketing plan. You know, that's another thing. A great thing to do. Revisit your marketing plan that hopefully you made last year, see how you did, and then use that uh, information that you gathered throughout the year to, to you know, start coming up with a better one for the new year. Yeah, especially revisiting tools, what you're paying, what you probably are paying that you forgot to cancel, you yeah. know, things like that. Um, and that. But uh, other piece I forgot to mention, which has been taking up a lot of my time, is we will, I'm waiting for the ink to dry, but we have our first two uh, potential sponsors for... Um, the TechCon Unplugged. Mm -hmm. So that hopefully will be announced on Sunday, but this should be pretty good on uh, what's going on. And one of them would be a benefit to the audience. So for those that don't know, me and Jeff Hallish over at the Computer Repair Podcast are throwing a convention on September 20th to the 29th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So feel free to uh, stop by over at TechCon Unplugged. Website was designed beautifully by our own Matthew Rodella over at TechSite Builder. And, uh, yeah, so just, uh, feel free to stop by over there. We're working on a couple of kinks with the uh, hotel for booking, but, um, we will hopefully be announcing the first two sponsors, at least one for sure, um, on this Sunday's episode. So stay tuned. Excellent. Also just a reminder that, uh, the computer business marketing newsletter is there available for you at, uh, computerbusinessmarketing.com. It's a free newsletter with marketing tips and tricks on how to run your IT business, also, I would sign up for that soon because uh, everyone on that list is going to receive the uh, the Black Friday roundup of deals, and there um, we've done. I've I've been a part of this for a few years now, and I can tell you this year there are some pretty high quality vendors on that list um, that we've never had before. Uh, that um, uh, some of you might re recognize from this here podcast, um, but uh, they're they're giving some deep discounts to some really cool. Uh, cool stuff. So um, definitely sign up for the newsletter if you haven't already, so you can get that roundup of Black Friday deals for IT businesses. So it's only IT business related Black Friday deals. So definitely jump on that. All right. Uh, did we have a question of the week this week, Paco? We I don't not think have we, a question. We did of the not. Week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is okay. We don't always have to have a question. Um, so then that'll bring us to uh, sponsor number one, which is Mixmax. Mixmax is uh, our sponsor that we've had for the last few weeks, and we love them. Paco and I are both big fans of Mixmax. We both use them in our business. Mixmax is a customer engagement and workflow automation application for small businesses like yours and mine and his and hers and everybody's. We can get more out of Gmail with Mixmax. It integrates with your Gmail to save you time. Uh, you can see things like, you know, exactly who opened your email. So you can do a little private investigating and have a little leg up on uh, what's going on with the email you sent out. Because in the past, when you send out an email, it just goes out into the ether. You don't know what happened to it. You don't know if the person saw it. Even like, you know, the iPhone, when you send a text me message and someone's responding, you get that little dot, dot, dot. So, you know, they're writing something, you know, they saw it and you're waiting for what they're going to say. With emails, not so much, but with Mixmax, it'll tell you when and who opened your email, if they clicked on any links, and then you can use that info to either follow up with them or not, depending on uh, what you feel is best. Uh, they also give you the ability to create email templates and sequences, so you can automate a series of emails that you want to send, like onboarding emails 
or um, you know, uh, offboarding emails if if you have to do that, um, and then create you know templates. So if if you have a, a question that you answer the same way time after time after time, instead of typing it out every time, you just click a button and it fills in all the information in that template, and you can send it out in a couple seconds. Um, other things it can do is have automatic reminders, so you can snooze an email to, for a certain amount of time. Um, or you can have it uh, remind you whether or not the person has responded to it. Um, all of that stuff is intelligently built in. It also uh, integrates with Salesforce or Pipedrive. If you use either of those CRMs, um, it can pull in all of your contacts from those CRMs and automatically sync your Google uh, contacts as well. Their rules and workflow automation can save you a lot of time. Increase your productivity by 10 times. That's what they say, 10 times. And I believe it. Uh, that is not just blowing smoke. It's a key for when you're running a business. For example, if someone replies to your emails, you might want to manually respond and attach a PDF sheet with information about your business. But with Mixmax, you can create a rule that can automatically reply and send your prospect a follow-up email with company information. One less thing you have to do manually. So that's an example that they give for that. So Mixmax is cool. You could get started for free. That's the other cool thing. It integrates for free. You click a button. Uh, so you could try out some of the features uh, for a little bit, see if you like it. Uh, it's real slick, real kind of uh, seamless. And that's what I like about it. So um, that's it. So if you want to check out Mixmax, head on over to Mixmax.com. Get started for free and find out why Mixmax will be a game changer in your business. All righty. Without further ado, let's bring on our guest. Thanks for hanging tight for us there, James. I know we have quite a bit of uh, intro <laughs> and, and stuff to talk about at the beginning, but we're getting to the good, meaty, juicy stuff now. Uh, and that is uh, our guest here, James Riley, who uh, is uh, the owner of JNR Networks out of Tucson, Arizona. It's an MSP. Uh, and um, we'll get to know James and what he does and then talk about some of his marketing you know, um, wins and fails and, you know, everything in between. How you doing, James? Good. Glad to be here. Good. Glad to have you. Appreciate you uh, coming on. You know, um, every now and then we'll, you know, need to find a guest for the show and I'll go into the Facebook group, the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group and say, hey, anybody want to be a guest on the show? Because, you know, really we just, we, we like to get different perspectives here and talk to different people about marketing. Um, and whether, you know, you're a marketing guru or you're just someone trying to pay the bills and trying to figure it out, uh, and I think that's most of us, honestly, um, then, uh, you know, you're perfect to be on the show. So thanks for stepping up, James. Why don't you get us started with kind of telling us a little bit about your business and, um, and your history? Like what got you, why did you start a computer business? What was the point and, and why do you keep doing it? Um, well, I've been doing IT stuff for 25 years. I stumbled into it, just uh, happened to understand computers and know how to play with them and uh, helped a little old lady in her house. And she gave me probably five bucks and told me not to spend it all in one place. And uh, I got hooked on helping people and that developed into a career. So I started out working in retail stores and I've worked in call centers. I've done in-house IT. I've done consulting work. Uh, I've done work in governments. I mean, I spent time in a maximum security prison working on their IT stuff nice. um, and have done networking and moved on up into engineering. And uh, one of the most fun ones there was actually working way back in the day, working on uh, internet service into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, in Indianapolis uh, for the Brickyard 400 and the Indianapolis uh, 500. Um, cool. So I did that ended up sort of doing that. I did consulting on the side and worked full time in IT. And then uh, 13 years ago, um, did what a number of people do, sort of stumbled into starting a business and decided, hey, I can do this on my own. My clients were asking that, the clients I had on the side and stumbled into it. Um, about eight years ago, decided to actually, prior to that, I was, I would say I was an engineer that owned the company that employed me. <laughs> now I sort of say I'm a recovering engineer. I'm learning how to be a CEO every day and um, learning that I'm not just engineering computer networks. Now I'm engineering human networks. 
not just on the technology side of what we deliver to our clients, but within our business, um, networking our, or engineering our teams and our processes, like you're talking about automation and other things. Um, some of that's technology and some of it's just human uh, figuring out how humans work and uh, what you can get them to do and what you can't get them to do um, and what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing, um, those kinds of things. So a lot of my focus now is on working with our team and our clients to grow our business and grow their businesses because as they grow, we grow. Right. And that that's a struggle with, you know, um, hiring, especially when you first start out is no one's going to work as hard as you do. And no one's going to, you know, put in the hours that you did to build your business. And, and that, you know, that can be frustrating at first because sometimes you expect, you know, other people to, to do work as hard as you're working. Um, and that could be frustrating. So you got to kind of just, you know, adjust your, 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 um, your uh, expectations a little bit and know that, you know, this, this is a job for them and, and they, you, they, you got to expect them to do good work and, and, uh, and to be passionate about it. But, um, the, you know, that's something that I found is that, that you're just never going to be able to replicate, um, you know, you or clone you at least. You know, you're right about that. You can't replicate. I would, couldn't replicate or clone me. And I think we might blow up the business if we tried to, <laughs> um, cause I don't know if I would hire another one of me. Yeah, um, that's true. I don't know if we could put up with it, but, um, what I did find is as I hired amazing people, I don't even call them employees. Uh, we call them team members because they are, we're part of a team. Um, and what I learned is, is they were able to focus on tasks as we were to give, able to give them domains where they could become experts in and take control. Um, you know, I, People have always said, oh, don't expect people to do things as well as you. And I found that's true with a little bit of a twist. I find that they actually do it better than me. Mm. When, I, when I give them freedom and autonomy and train them, but then let them act uh, and develop that expertise, they can put more focus into something that I have time to. And um, it's, it's been pretty – originally it was humbling. Now it's just very exciting mm. to see my team members actually – building stuff that's better than I was able to build it. So uh, take us back to, you know, um, the, the, you know, younger James when he was first getting the business started and, and like right around the time where you decided to kind of do this thing full time. Uh, what were some of the struggles you experienced back then? And, and how did you, you know, build up your client base to where you can actually make a living off of this? Um, that was all an accident. I, yeah. I'd love to say I was smart and figured it and knew what <laughs> I was doing. I didn't. Um, we had, um, I had taken care of some different people and um, found loyalty with them because I treated them well. I treated them how I wanted to be treated. Uh, I didn't just treat them like a paycheck or um, just somebody I could manipulate and take money from. I was very honest with them uh, to the point I've told my clients what my margins are. And they, mm, they've even perfect. known, we've, we've had discussions about this is how much I make when I sell you this type thing because I found that just being honest, um, my clients are invested in me being successful because if I'm successful, not to the point where I can, you know, send my kid to college on one deal, but if I'm successful, then I'm able to be around to help them. And if I'm legitimately helping them, then they're successful. And that's, it's a symbiotic relationship. So I did that early on and really didn't have a plan. Just started serve the people I had and um, they started bringing people to the table. They started bringing people and saying, Hey, you need to talk to this person. Um, and so it was very much a referral base and loyal clients. Uh, you know, I think that's a great point I, um, that, you know, uh, a lot of times people focus on, you know, I got to do really good at marketing and I got to have this, you know, trick here and, and I got to, you know, uh, make my business seem better than it really is by having all these fancy flashy things going on when really if you just like it sounds like what you did is just focus on the customer focus on building those relationships focus on doing a really great job for them um, focus on being honest like I think it's great that you're you're talking about you know your margins and stuff and I I'm actually thinking back to a couple times when um, I've had clients tell me uh, early on when I first started and they're telling me like you know I, I feel like you're charging too not enough for that or I feel like you're char you're 
you can't be making much of a margin on that because you're basically selling it back to me for as much as you would have bought it for. And, and they like, they push back on that because like you said, they want to make sure that I'm able to take care of myself so that I'm going to be around for a long time to help them out. And those are the client kind of clients you want to, uh, you know, keep around, not the kind of clients that try to, you know, drive your price down um, until you're not making any kind of money from it. Uh, and that, that's a great, you know, that's a great point to just be open with your clients about that and let them know, Hey, I'm trying to to run a business here, and and I this, I need to make some money, and and if if you're if you're game and you like that, then you know that's the kind of client you want to keep around. Yeah, very cool. Um, great. So, uh, so let, moving forward. So, uh, actually, it's something that you mentioned before we recorded was that uh, you're running the business with your wife, and I just wanted to kind of get your take on that a little bit. Um, how that's helped or you know hurt or what you think about that and and how uh how that's what what she does in the business as well i'm curious so it's it's great when it's great and it sucks when it sucks and there's really no segmentation there um and she'd already she she if she was sitting here she'd agree with me she'd be sitting there going yep uh uh-huh um and the one of the catches we can never really get away from it um, so when we go away or we're every time we're talking, something comes up. Um, so we, the good thing is we love what we do and, um, it's an honor to be able to serve our team and our clients. So that's wonderful. Um, but we've had to find ways to sort of create a little bit of segmentation there. Uh, so we can get a little bit of a release in a way. Um, but probably the biggest thing for us well, I would say the first thing was trust. We had to learn to actually trust each other's heart that when one person's doing something that they, where their attitude was or where their heart was and why, where it was coming from, even if we disagreed with what was going on or what they were doing, um, we had to trust their heart of where they were coming from. Um, and I'd say that's bled over into the way we treat our team members, that um, the team members we've had to let go are really it's where that starts to fall apart is when we don't really see that heart going in the same direction. Um, so that's been successful for my wife and I, um, the other component that's really led to a lot of success there for us has been clearly defined roles. Um, and that that's not just saying, okay, this is my lane. That's your lane. It's starting to realize that, like I mentioned earlier, that as I handed things off to team members, they started to be able to do things better than me. Um, so I think there's a humility that comes in that that says that as I give this to you as I or as I take this role, it's because this is around my skill set. I am pretty darn good as a visionary. Um, I can envision processes and automation and systems that a lot of people can't see. Um, but I really suck at writing complete SOPs or processes. What I do really well is bringing somebody alongside me and saying, hey, watch me do this, then I'm gonna teach you how to do it, teach you why I did it this way, and pull out a notepad and take notes. And then when I take a person that's really good with process and I do that, they're able to take that process and improve it and make it significantly better than I ever could. And so I've come to realize my wife is one of those people in our team that when I bring her along and I hand her something, she's able to put a lot more meat on the bones than I can. And so she, but she's had to learn to let me be who I am um, and let me sort of vision things and dream without uh, freaking out, (laughs) um, which is scary and hard for her sometimes. And then I've had to learn to let her grab on and start to, to wrap her arms around the concept um, and make it a reality. Yeah. And make it a reality. And, there's a point where I have to let go and she takes over and that's, um, that that's help that we have clear to find roles, but we have to trust each other's heart. But the other's just the humility of knowing what the other person's good at and what we're not. Yeah. And the, the, you know, the reason I ask about that is I know there's quite a handful of folks who listen to the show who are uh, husband and wife duos, um, that are also running the business. We met, you know, a few of them at the, uh, the conference this year, and uh, it's it's just a, a cool. I I I like and I, you mentioned this where you know you you kind of have that 
that yin and yang and you you trust each other and then that bleeds into the team and then you start treating your team and your employees kind of like part of the family and and that's kind of the cool thing about you know family run businesses or husband and wife run businesses is there is that kind of you know that that family environment that i think really helps and really um seeps into to how your employees treat your customers i would agree with that yeah Great. So um, something that I that we talked about a little bit as well as and something that you've had success with is blogging. And and that's something we talk about on this show quite a bit. Um, and, you know, something something that I do quite a bit. And I uh, um, uh, always am pushing the benefits of of content marketing and just getting content out there and writing it consistently. Um, and that sounds like something you're doing. So first of all, is that um, is that uh which which one of you is writing the posts? Uh, I'm writing them. Okay. Uh, she, she edits and she does an editorial review and has Perfect. a lot of freedom in that. Um, but we both have found that my voice is the one that needs to, that, that conveys the way we want it to. And, um, and she doesn't want to write them. So yeah, I'm the one that writes them and she's, she runs editorial work on it. So how do you decide what to write about? Um you know, uh, you're going to hear a common trend here. I'd love to say I've got this perfectly mapped out plan and I don't. Um, I have, um, I've built a plan and then uh, I deviate and jump around. Um, we got into a blog series on taking the mystery out of the cloud. We call it demystifying the cloud. And at first I thought that was going to be one blog and it was ridiculously long. So split it into two and then took a break and then went down, to, went back to part three. Um, so sometimes it's just sort of where are things at, what kind of feedback am I getting? Um, what are sort of hot topics that are going on or things that we're consistently seeing with clients that we say, this is probably valuable to see. Um, the, the last blog I did two weeks ago was I was prepping to do a presentation, um, on leading a remote workforce and, um, that I presented last week at a conference. And so I just said, well, this this will translate well into a blog and it, it would meet a, a decent audience size. And um, I think I know what the next one is. And it's one of the other presentations I did last week. So uh, I think those will tie together. Um, but others are just, I've got some of a roadmap and then I, I flex around that. Um, what do you think the, um, the purpose of your blog is or what purpose is it serving for your business? Um, that's a good question. And when we really started doing this, um, we struggled with understanding what kind of voice we should have and that kind of stuff. Um, what we really are trying to do is to, to convey thought to leadership that um, our blog is, we don't think of technology as being about bits and bytes or megahertz or gigahertz or, you know, whatever it is. Um, because no client ever buys gigahertz or bits. Um, they're buying solutions. And so, uh, and the real thing is that we should be aligning technology with their business. So our blog is focused on things business owners deal with. Um, there definitely is a technology bent. Um, but anytime we're talking about technology, we're always sort of, we're educating some about the technology, but wrapping that back into business drivers, business elements, business logic and theory, that kind of thing. Hmm. Now, do, do you think you've... Um the blog posts have contributed to you, you know, getting a new client or, or keeping your existing clients. Have you gotten any kind of feedback from folks about it? Yes, um, it has. I don't know that I could say this blog post landed us three clients or this did that. Um, it's been more of a reputation builder. Uh, and, and our really our marketing strategy is with all of our marketing efforts. If somebody walks away and says, I don't know that I 100% know what JNR does or that they're a solution for me, but they know a lot about business and technology. So if I ever need something or feel like I'm floundering in this area, they're the people I'm going to call to at least get some direction because they understand this and they're honest. That's been, we sort of distilled down what we wanted our marketing message to be or the takeaway. And that was if people walked away from any of our marketing efforts with that mindset, uh, we found that we figured that was probably the 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 best goal we could achieve. Now, um, you you mentioned also some stuff that you're you're struggling with in your business. What what are what are some um, 
what's like probably the top thing that you wish you could do better that you're you're trying to find a better way to do as far as marketing is getting in the door to sit down in front of somebody to talk. Mm. Yeah. So what what if what are some techniques you've tried to do that? Um, getting on your hands and knees and begging. Uh, <laughs> almost. Um, <laughs> uh, we've tried cold calling, face to face cold calling. We've tried um, contracting telemarketing firms. Um, we've uh, we've tried doing our own uh, telemarketing work. Um, we've we haven't tried any mailers yet. Uh, we've tried some direct email stuff. Um, so we've tried a combination of a number of things, but, and, and to be clear, that's sort of dealing with people that are, that basically have a net zero awareness of who you are. Um, so this is, this is trying to get in the door where the moment you, or at that moment, they don't really have a clue who you are. And, uh, we've just had very little success, um, on that. And, I think some of that's our market in Tucson. It's very familial. Um, and, uh, but I think some of that is consistently we found that, uh, that I, I keep trying to think of the right analogy, but I can't think of much that somebody would change easier in their life than they would change an IT provider. Um, that seems like the most scary thing somebody can imagine um, is changing an IT provider, which is great. Uh, for loyalty, um, it's horrible when you're trying to get in the door. So uh, just to reiterate back to what you were saying, so your struggle is on the initial contact. Normally when you have some type of referral or a <clears throat> some type of um, introduction, you'll be able to kind of obviously get in front of them a lot easier. Um, have you tried... Um, so when you say the cold calling, are you doing it during hours or are you doing it after hours by chance? Uh, all our cold callings during hours. Okay. Um, one of the things that I actually uh, found to be really helpful is a system that I can't remember his name. He was on the show a couple episodes ago from Channel Pro. Um, he There is a product called Sly Broadcast, I believe it's the name of it. And it'll actually shoot out voicemails to people. And... What's really cool about that is I started a voicemail campaign versus a cold calling campaign because mm-hmm. um, one, a lot of people tend to, A, like you just said, one, you got to try and figure out the phone tree. Two, when you talk to somebody, we're not interested, click, because they probably have somebody. Um, <clears throat> what I have found is with the voicemail campaign, it's similar to kind of like an email. You get to say exactly what you want to say. Um and one message. So either it gets deleted, but you don't suffer from the hangup, right? Because hearing that hangup, just you go through hundreds of those a day, it's going to really take a toll on you wanting to do those cold calls anymore, right? Um, So I I found that voicemail, the voicemail campaign was a lot easier for me, one on a time aspect of it, because I try to personalize the message as best as possible to be sent on a broadcast. But another thing what, I tr- what I've done as well is I have gone on LinkedIn to research that business and, I know, and basically figure out who's like the office manager, who's kind of somewhere in that would make the decision for uh, on my end. So a lot of my clients, which are more on the legal side and law firms, they're all handled by an office manager. So I want somebody that's the office manager that's making the decision versus the partners or the single practitioner. So I'll kind of do my research through that way in the, in LinkedIn search and I'll either add them as a connection and then start just like you just said, put blog posts or just whatever so they can kind of see the content. And then when they get a voicemail or an email, it's not viewed as spam because they don't know where I am. They'll kind of get the idea of, man, I've seen this name before. Where have I seen it before? And that's kind of helped with the familiar familiarization um, in my area because when we moved into our new office, we did an introduction email after we started researching the businesses in the area, went on LinkedIn, we have a face to our name, and then we kind of started going that route. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, using LinkedIn to try to to mine contacts and, and, and do that makes a lot of sense. I'd always felt like it was really slimy if you just, you know, go connect with somebody and then start messaging them. I have plenty of people do that and, Basically, just, yeah, I just no, I just I, knock them out right away. Yeah. Um, so, 
But, but just connecting and saying, hey, I'd love to connect and then posting. Because I do post the blog on Facebook and on LinkedIn. So um, that just yeah. gives them exposure without trying to mine them right away or go after them in a way that starts to feel really sleazy or, um, you know, like you're trying to exploit them in a way that's not appropriate. Sure. I think, like you said, it's one, not selling right away because you want to nudge people. You don't want to just <laughs> kind of give everything all in one shot. Um, but it also helps when you localize it too. So if you, depending on what area you're in, obviously it's a little bit harder, um, for those that are not in, a, a, um, a big city, but if you have a good population size, and like you just said, depending on the area, if they're all very, you know, you know, your name or they're very, uh, connected all in all, um, it'll, it helps being localized and especially to establish your brand. So just connecting with them. And just saying, hey, are you, you know, would like to connect? I personally don't even write a message, which I know Matt, this drives Matt up the wall when people try and uh, uh, do a cookie cutter uh, message or um, some type of thing like that. But um, I just connect with them. You know, it says what I do in there. Um, we run into several of the same circles. I try to stick in that type of realm. And I just end up putting my content, my links, my blog, whatever it may be. And then I'll just kind of look and around the area and see if these are the businesses I want to work with. That makes a lot of sense. Do you, um, do you focus on a, a niche uh, or some kind of industry? Or, um... So this, this, goes, uh, this goes back to the theme I already told you was going to be here where we sort of stumble across <laughs> things. Um, yep. So we have two niches that we serve pretty well, um, which I would have never seen coming. Right. Uh, one is nonprofits. Um, and... And then the other is manufacturing. We, we've got clients across another, uh, you know, across a pretty broad base of verticals, but those are two spaces that we've got uh, a decent density in. Yeah, something something I've I've um, found that that's really helpful is what, when you're able to, you know, get a couple like case studies or existing clients that you've really done good work for under your belt, then, um, you know, you can try to get some good testimonials from them or even say, Hey, we want to feature you in a case study where we talk a little bit about what we've done for you. Um, you can get that, put it into a blog post or put it on your website and then, um, start to, to share that and fo focus your efforts on that industry in your local area. Um, and it, instead of doing like a blanket cold calling or blanket emailing or blanket, you know, where you're just sending generic messages out to everybody, focus the messaging on the particular industry you want to focus it on. Give them very relevant blog posts specifically tailored. You know, here's what, you know, a, a checklist of, of IT things you need to think about when you're in manufacturing or here's how to secure your manufacturing network. Uh, really speak to them use those case studies and that really helps get their attention when you're fighting with the noise of social media and everything else. They see like, Oh, you know, he's speaking my language. He said nonprofits or he said manufacturing in the title uh, and that kind of perks them up and they, they pay attention. And then you become the, you know, the manufacturing IT guy or the nonprofit IT guy. Um, and that helps kind of break through sometimes when, when other times it's hard to get their attention. No, it makes sense. We've been struggling with trying to, how to trying to figure out how to, how to navigate that without alienating another group. And um, part of that is beginning of this year was when I started the blogging consistently and I committed to do it every two weeks, which is not perfect, but it, it's worked and it's something right. I can run. Uh, sometimes it's late in the day on Friday when I get it out, but I've got it out every two weeks. Um, and so doing it more frequently and or doing it more targeted, I haven't gotten there yet. But it's something that um, that makes a lot of sense is to to start being able to do that, massage it that way. And I think the fear of alienating people who aren't in those industries is normally not doesn't bear out. Um, that's usually in like an internal fear that that doesn't actually. First of all, most people, uh, if they see you're writing a blog post about manufacturing IT, they'll just ignore it or they you know they won't really have it. They it won't really matter. But I find that you. The, the wins that you get from focusing on a niche outweigh the potential, um, you know, people that might feel alienated and not, you know, not end up hiring you because of that. Because really, you want to focus on the industries and the, and the niches that, uh, that you do work well with, and you're going to be able to do a better job for them because you're familiar with their systems and you understand how they work. 
Um, and you, you know, it's better to get five nonprofit clients off of a, you know, focusing on nonprofits than it is to lose maybe one or two, you know, generic IT clients that might have, you know, just looked somewhere else because they thought you weren't going to serve them. But, I, you know, once I started focusing, like for me in web development, I focused on specifically WordPress web development. That's all I talk about is WordPress, WordPress, WordPress. And I still get people contacting me saying, hey, I've got a Drupal site. You know, I know you do WordPress, but hey, I've got a Drupal site. Can you take a look at it? Or hey, I've got this Wix site that, that I, I need some help with. Because they, even though I'm focusing on WordPress, they know I do websites and, they, and I'm mm -hmm. constantly talking about it. So even if I'm focusing over here, they still ask me if I can help them. And, and so most of the time, I think it's it, even if it might feel like you're going to alienate folks, focusing on, on a narrow niche and talking to that niche um, will bring benefits for that niche and also probably won't end up alienating people because they see you talking about IT anyways and, and they know you're the expert. That makes sense. Cool. Well, hopefully we've been able to um, help you out a little bit. I uh, would love to kind of circle back around with you later on. I, I know you're in the, the, the Facebook group there, so love to hear from you over there. And, um, and lots of great insights, you know, from you as well. So I hope folks uh, out there listening were able to uh, take away a few things as well. Was there any, uh, just really quick, you know, to, to wrap things up in a nice little bow, what are some, uh, do you have any goals or any kind of, um, kind of next level stuff you're looking at doing next year? Next year is a lot of, um, it's a lot of team building. Um, we're wanting to hit the gas, uh, but we realize you, know, you talked about automation and processes and um, we, one of the things we found in process development is a lot of times you build process and then you put it under stress and you watch things fall apart or you look for the things that come loose or fall apart and then you go back and you go back to the drawing board and re rebuild um, and correct the things that started to fall apart. And then you go put it back under pressure again. And um, we've gone through some of those cycles. So uh, especially Q1, Q2 of next year is, is pretty well focused on that. Um, but it's also on getting a clearer uh, roadmap on the marketing side. Um, you're talking about sort of slow periods for us. I, I, we haven't found that yet, <laughs> especially <laughs> Q3 and four here. It's, right. we have not found a slow period. It's, um, it's been so crazy. We, um, we're, we aren't thinking about what are we going to do to try to close out the year. It's just keep running, um, is what we've been doing, which has been great. Um, but I know that Q1, Q2 is going to be building a lot of that roadmap. Um, but then also some internal process development. Um, so that we're ready when we scale. We realized we realized as we um, as we started looking at scaling models that if we actually delivered on marketing and sales the way we wanted to, uh, we'd crush ourselves and we wouldn't be able to deliver to our clients. But we needed to have the mature processes. Uh, we've got pretty mature processes, but we want to have them better so that we can grow and actually grow with reasonable margins instead of just destroy those margins and sort of fall apart. Right. Very, very smart. So, you know, it sounds like you're, you know, you call it luck, but I, it sounds like there's a lot of, you know, um, smart business sense and, and, and involved in this. And, and, you know, it's been deliberate how you've been growing your company and, and you've been doing good things, making good decisions. Um, before we head out, is there any places that you go for marketing advice or any kind of books you've read or websites you go to, to, uh, to figure some of this stuff out? Um, to me, I, I guess when I think of marketing, I think of marketing that I'm marketing back to my team internally and to our clients and then to prospective clients. And so um, where I go is not necessarily specifically in the marketing realm, although I think it's Daniel Pink with uh, To Sell as Human was a pretty darn good book I read recently. Um, but, uh, the other stuff's just more in the leadership realm. It's, it's how to lead and how to care for people and to lead well. And, uh, when you're selling, people are trusting you a lot and they're letting you lead them somewhere. Um, especially in it, usually an area they don't have a clue about and you could manipulate them and abuse that. And so being able to lead them with ethics and, and engender trust in them, uh, I think is really one of the foundations of marketing um, or what we should be marketing and selling really is that trust and um, that ethos. So a lot of what I tend to focus on is that, which 
leads into leading my team and into marketing. Great. Yeah, I think that's that's some great insight there. And, and that's something that uh, not a lot of people realize is that, you know, at the end of the day, having having a good team and a good, a well-led team and a well-led business um, and, you know, being a leader to your clients as well um, will result in sales and, and business growth. Um, and that's, uh, that's another piece of marketing. So awesome. Well, uh, thanks. Um, Thanks, James, for, for hanging out with us today. I appreciate it. Good getting to know you. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be in touch. Thanks for being on. Thank you. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, before we get going, I just want to mention our second sponsor. And that is a little service that I put together called Tech Blog Builder. Tech Blog Builder uh, is the blog writing service for IT business owners. We craft content that converts your website visitors into customers with 100% unique SEO ready, professionally written blog posts uh, written in your voice for your customers on a consistent schedule. So, uh, you know, we just heard from someone who, who does some regular blogging and it's worked well for his business. And if it's something that you don't have the time for, or you just don't feel like you're a writer um, or, you know, for a myriad of reasons, you're just not able to pump out those blog posts regularly head on over to textblogbuilder.com and uh, check out the services there. Get ready, like I said at the beginning of the show, to roll out a couple different service levels. So we're going to start getting into social media posting and uh, creating videos around your content as well. So you can really have a rich, um, you know, uh, authoritative presence everywhere that your, uh, your website touches on the internet. Um, and that way, you know, when you're ready to, you know, reach out to the CEO or to the decision maker of the business through LinkedIn or whatever, like we were talking about earlier, you'll already have the, those authoritative, well-written, um, expertly crafted blog posts uh, ready to go uh, and that have been already going out there uh, that people will see and then they'll get to trust you, they'll get to know you as the expert and they'll be ready to have that conversation with you when you're ready to have it with them. So uh, check that out, uh, head on over to techblogbuilder.com. All right, guys, and uh, let's keep the conversation going. Head on over to computerbusinessmarketing.com. Let us know what you think of this show in the comments uh, uh, under the show notes page. We love to hear from you. Um, and also don't forget to join the Facebook group. That's another place we all hang out. Uh, James is there, Paco's there, I'm there. Just search for Computer Business Marketing in Facebook or go to techsitebuilder.com group and request access to the group just by answering two easy questions. Can't wait to see you there. And if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out and leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback and every comment helps so that the podcast can be found by others. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, feel free to, if you do leave a review, we will send you a PDF of Matt's book, How to Quit Your Job and Start a Computer Repair Business. Um, make sure to, once you write the review, screenshot the review and mail it, uh, send it over to mail at techsitebuilder.com. Excellent. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors. That was Mixmax and Tech Blog Builder. Uh, thank you for checking out the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella. And this is Paco LeBron. Saying here's to your success. Mm -hmm.